This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of There Will Be Dungeons. This is our July. Yeah, we're in July. Our July bonus, well, technically, I guess it's for June. So what am I saying? This is all wrong. It's for June. We're just a little bit late with it. We wanted to make sure to have the full crew here, and we do. So sit back and enjoy this bonus episode of There Will Be Dungeons, our Q&A session with Kristen asking them questions. All right, first question. If it's not spoiling anything, I'd appreciate a refresher on the rules of D&D Hell. Because it seems like, similar to life, Hell has its own society framework and structure with the addition of souls and demons and devilish deals. So then is there no peace in D&D death? Can't I just lay here? Do I really have to keep listening to this Brett guy? <laughs> I mean, what I, a don't... Goal. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Say, what would you say, Bo? Hell, but, hell yeah. is what you make it, and you can make it anything you want in D anD. d So don't be don't be confined by the suggested rules or lore of the game if you so wish. Let me let me ask a, a question on top of that. So if you, I know I'm obviously there are going to be some people out there that are really sticklers about adhering to everything the world is and says it is and every little guideline and and rule and everything. But you you don't. That's not how you DM. You would you you would you would rather for the sake of the game, for the fun of the game, for whatever special stuff you want to do. You would rather alter the plan. And well, pray that you've you got to parse things correctly. There are rules about how things are resolved. Like the players essentially have agency in the world and as a defense against the DM, really, uh, and the universe to, you know, have rules to say that they can do things, right? Right. But, you know, the world and the people therein, that's, that's all up to you. You can use what's there, you can modify it, you can make your own, you can do a combination of all, as I think we have on our show. But uh, those aren't rules. When they say all gnomes must do. X, they must uh, be shitty. <laughs> you can decide <laughs> to have not shitty gnomes. Like it's up to you. Those rules are not rules. So, so don't take my version of hell as a definitive canon hell. If that sort of thing matters to you, um, and if it matters to you, I'd say maybe it shouldn't. And that's about it. Nice. I Question like number two. Oh, oh sorry. I was Go just gonna it. say I like that it's not a typical hell scape. It's more like the worst kind of hell to find out there's a guy named Brett and it. And he sucks and, you know, like all that. Like, it's just a bro fest there. It seems worse than real hell. So, so good job. Kind of like Cuphead. Yeah, a little bit. Where you make your way to that casino. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just like that. Maybe that cartoon will spend some time in hell. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Can't wait Question number two. Will there be a Battle Royale episode where the heroes of the wastes fight the evil Hope Henchman and the Dune Breaker Guard? 
Hmm. I'm not sure about the Doombreaker guard. You guys can talk about that, but uh, I don't know. W- will there be a fight? That's really up to the players. Mm. Oh, shit. So there's yeah, potential for one, be. then. It sounds like we could have one. That's what that sounds like. That would be the want... most complicated episode. Though. It would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like fun, though. I like Let's do more of a Shaun of the Dead sort of thing where we just pass by each other during the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny, actually. Just kind of a wink and a nod sort of thing. I can't say too much. I don't want to tip my hand. All right. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I guess the story's kind of going to culminate. Hopefully, anyway. All right, uh, question number three. Given Bo, Kyle, and John have DM'd either on stream or in real life, have either Kristen or Scott had the chance to DM? <laughs> and do either of you have the itch to do so in the future? <laughs> no. Okay, so no. <laughs> here's the thing. I just think it uh, maybe one day. Like, I remember when John was like, I want to do, I want to DM for the first time. And I remember how excited you were and nervous you were and like stoked you were um, to do the inverse thing. And I remember thinking, oh, that's crazy. How I would never, it just seems too intense, like too much to keep track of. It seems like too much. But the longer we go, the closer I get to a day where I think maybe I could pull one off. And maybe it is just a one-off is about all I could manage. But I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence in it. Kristen, I don't know what your take is, but for me, it just seems daunting and scary. I'm right there with you, mostly because I've never done it before. And it's like anything you've never done before. It's new. It's going to feel weird. And it's probably going to be really awkward for everyone involved. But that being said, as long as you have a great group involved, it can be as awkward as hell. And everyone will laugh through and kind of get the feet wet and everything. Yeah, I guess if if we do it, it'd be here, right? Story I know. Yeah, exactly. And it would have to be with this group, a group you trust and know, not starting with a bunch of people you don't know or whatever, strangers in your in your thing like for me that would be key i'd need to it would need to be a a good safe place for for me to fumble around rules and and you know be corrected and not not worry too much about all that stuff that would that would matter to me but i'm i still feel like i'm ages away from doing it yeah so what setting would you put yours in if you did one well since bo took the best setting ever and put everything in a mad max kind of universe um i think i would Oh, that's a really great question. I think I would go just something really close to the standard D&D fantasy, like, skeleton. You know what I mean? Like, not too, not stray too far. That or something set in, like, the future. Like, some kind of cyberpunk, cyberspace, or not cyberspace. Like, a, some kind of sci-fi sort of setting. That would be cool. I would love to do that. Mm. But it wouldn't necessarily, I mean, maybe at that point you don't even go with D&D. You go with some different rules or something, but... Or a different system, but um, yeah, I'd either go pure fantasy or pure pure sci-fi, probably for my first attempt. Mm. Kyle's played Edge of the Empire, haven't you, Kyle? Yeah. How is it? That one was fun. Uh, it's a, it's a good system. Like it's a cooperative storytelling through the dice. So in D twenty or you know D and D dice, and the DM interprets it with the Star Wars system. You roll, let's say, a 15, which is a success, but you also rolled all these dice that add up to, like, how it was a success with the force in mind. So you missed the stormtrooper, but you hit the control near him that caused the door to slam him dead kind of thing. Mm. And you and the player kind of agree on that interpretation of these multi-dice rolls. Yeah, so in that sense, I would say that Edge of the Empire is great 
for beginners who are looking to get into tabletop RPGs who aren't really big in the imagination sector because those influential dice really kind of help pepper the story and teach you how to pepper the story. Mm. It sounds like fun. I always wanted to play it, but just never got around to it. Not, not no group around me to play with, I guess. Well, I think you guys can both do it, and I'm looking forward to maybe participating in this experiment. Uh, the hardest thing to keep in mind is just the demand on your attention while you're DMing. It's going to be more exhausting than as a player. Yeah, but you guys have all the stuff to make that make it a success. So, whenever you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, next question. Well, moving on from that question, then whenever <laughs> we're ready, maybe never. <laughs> now that we've met Hack Lowman, is there another one in the bullpen in the untimely event of Nash's demise? Well, originally Hack was the replacement for Nash if Nash was to perish, and I've been keeping him there for that. But when we decided to do this few week sort of um, you know mini series with John, uh. He was just sort of there and ready to roll, so I pulled him out to do it. I think, though, even if Nash died, I would try to see if there was a way Bo would work with me on getting Hack in there. Because really, he, he he's there. He exists in the world. It would just be a matter of how would we get him over there. And if not, I could come up with somebody new. But uh, I, think, I think we got you covered with Time Barf. Yeah, Time Barf could fix anything, seems like. But I like Hack. Uh, Hack Bloman is a character I think about all the time. And I, while I never want to see Nash die, if Nash has to go, my Nash, apparently there are thousands, millions of them. I don't know. But if he ever dies, then, then Hack Bloman has a lot to do and say. And I don't know. He could be, he would be fun to continue to flesh out and do stuff with. Totally. All right, a question for everyone. Love the show, been listening for about four months now. I was just wondering if any of you have wisdom to share for folks like me who really want to be a part of a D&D group, but have trouble finding a group. I've never played D&D before, but after watching your show for a while, I really want to get my hands wet. Oh, man. I mean, the trick is, Um, do you have like some friends online even that you could just, because that's all we did. You know, we were just a bunch of goofballs. It's kind of a not. It's a not fair sort of proposition when you have a built-in friends network that are all willing to play. That makes it pretty easy. But if you don't have, if you have friends, but or don't, but if you they just don't want to play and you still want to do it, how do you do it? And the pre-pandemic answer is go to your local game shops and figure out which ones might be running Adventurers League or just their own game. Um, and you might people you like, you might not, but getting out and meeting people with shared interests is how you go about doing that. Cause it's a social game online. I think you can meet people on roll 20. Like people are forming games in our discord. Sometimes there's chatter about it on the frog pants uh, discord for there'll be dungeons. So you might try there to find people who play with you. Oh yeah. Um, so there's some options online, but I'm not experienced at it. So I, I take the, my advice that way. Yeah, and as you go about it, um, I, I don't know if they do in-person games anymore. I'd go with the in-person route over digital route because in-person you can kind of feel people out a bit easier than online, which, uh, like uh, Bo was saying, it's a social game, so you want to make sure you're playing with people you get along with because when you search for people to play with, it's okay to 
realize you're going to clash with people and you're not going to meld with every personality and that's fine but that means it's on you to find a group of people you can stand basically yeah, yeah right like have fun be, with don't that's be afraid just, to, to walk away from a table if it's not for you yeah, yeah yeah and it might even be easier in this sort of forced to play digitally kind of world we live in right now you may be able to slip in and out of campaigns and one of the things i've learned back when i was uh, you know a teenager and i was playing D for the very first time back then and then there's this huge window where i didn't play at all uh decades worth of time but when i was a kid uh the it, it I had it in my head that it that you if once you were in you were locked in this was your group you didn't go anywhere else you played and there was nowhere else to go and if you had to miss one then everyone canceled and we just do we waited till you were you know the guy was back from vacation before we play again or whatever like it was that it felt stringent that way and I just I always just kind of thought well that's just D and D that's that's how that is but it's not it turns out. Like a lot of games, people can kind of come and go and you can have guests and you can have guests come and you can have guests leave and you can have somebody who's gone for two, three weeks because they got stuff to do and and you can ride around it. Um, you know, when Kyle and Kristen were in full baby birth mode, we had to do just that. And it works. You can do it. You can make it work. So I, if, it, if I've learned anything about our little experiment here over the last couple of years is that not that stuff wasn't nearly as as locked in as as I thought it was, and so there's no reason to think it should be for you either. If you don't like a table you're on, then you don't need to go. And if you find one you love, that's great. But it's always that flexibility should always be there, I think, or else you're gonna, you know, it's gonna start to feel like raid night for your World of Warcraft team, where you just you're just banging your head against the wall, and you have to be there like a job, and that sucks. Yeah, Kyle, did you have any insight, Tad? I believe the minds of I've never actually said it aloud. Pandelver is, yeah, I've read it. I I know what it looks like in my head. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That I believe the starter set has rules for a one-on-one DM game. So you have one player and one DM and you can start there. I think it's the new one, not Fandel. Oh, it might be in Fandelver, but the new one that came out at Targets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Target exclusive. I, I have, I know, I bought that actually. It's, it's a gorgeous box. If you want to start somewhere and just have one person to play, it also comes with. I'm trying to get my family to play, and they used all the character sheets and all the magical items you get have cards, so they don't have to, you know, write it all down. Um, I, we haven't actually started playing yet. Everyone's still just making characters and the pandemic hit. So we stopped, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, that box called, is really, the box is really good. It's called the essentials kit. Yeah, uh, that's if it. You find yeah. it I would recommend buying it. Um, there is an adventure you can, you can purchase on its own. I don't know if it's actually sold separately besides places like D and D beyond, uh, but it's called the dragon of ice spire peak which is designed to have a one-on-one adventure using, um, they have an official term, but essentially a NPC that's going to adventure with you and assist with you. Um, So, I mean, that's a way you can do it with only two people. um, And you can also build from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, find people you care about, find, you know, in any means that just really want to play. There's right now, there's plenty of people wanting to play. It's just finding a way to find the people that gel with you and how to come together. Those are the hurdles. Odd numbers. That's the other secret. We play with four players, but we're all like role playing and being our characters for new players, get a group of three or five 
So there's always a tipping point in a decision made because two v twos last too long and you never get anything done in game. Mm-hmm. Cool. And also, well, yeah, oh, and sorry, also one it. more suggestion while we're on it. I noticed there wasn't any mention in the letter of DMing, and that's the best way to play D D is if you can't find anyone, just tell the world you're a DM and if yeah. eventually you'll find people who we'll want to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, the next question I think is for John. Did dipshit create the ancestor of the delicious sand squids? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he did. Uh, dipshit is probably my favorite character from the one-off. <laughs> um, I do like him a lot. He was just this dumb little gnome that I wanted to give a name that felt, uh, in my opinion, take this for what it's worth, Bo, in place with the universe we play in with Bo. And it was a name that I could see Bo giving an NPC. So it was a little nod to him. And as a result, he quickly became my favorite. Um, awesome. I don't know if he would go on to do anything of, of meaning, but he is kind of a screw up. Like, you know, he's not, he's not great at anything. He earned the name dipshit. So I wouldn't expect great things from that fellow. It will live on in our hearts, though. Yeah, never forget. Bless you, dipshit. This next one is for Bo and Scott. While Nash's body was being rebuilt, could Scott have changed his appearance and regained some lost body parts? Dong in parentheses. <laughs> since he is part... I love this obsession with Nash's dong. Yeah. Since he's part dragon, could he have changed the boils and pus into green scales to align with his green dragon half? Or would this mean mechanically he would have to race change from human to dragonborn? Uh, a lot of questions. Let's mm. go, yeah. let's go over them one by one. Uh, well, Nash's body is being rebuilt, right? So could he gain yeah. lost body parts? Well, Scott never asked, so I'm, I don't. I'm not sure if I should answer or not. Well, I mean, the assumption has always been this heart thing is a unique situation where a dragon metal heart was added to a human form and it worked. And, and there's plenty of examples that you've hinted at that didn't work. Failed experiments. Think like, uh, alien four, all of the hybrids mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. busted in those, in those big bottle things. And they were like half yeah, Sigourney yeah. weavers. The all body rejects up. the dragon metal. And you were, uh, even in your item description, it says for some mysterious reason you had, didn't. Yeah. And so in this particular case, we don't we don't know why it worked and the fact that it did work is already an anomaly i mean i don't know i mean i know why it worked but you, but i don't again, I, I can't tip the hand so I'm yeah like, i don't know I'm yet and i don't want to know yet because i want to find out i want to ex- explore that so so we do we just know it did and and beyond that i don't i don't i don't know right. on that question and so the next one since he's part dragon he could have changed the boils and pus into green scales uh, with his green dragon half. I thought you were a black dragon. Are you a green dragon or a black dragon? I what am a dragon? black dragon. Yeah. Black okay, dragon. So black, dragon. black dragon. Then. Uh, so again, same answer for me. I can't answer it. I have a question off that. Didn't mm-hmm. Nash at some point start to grow scales or am I imagining that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I did. But very subtle, like it not full on scale person, but there was the appearance that, yeah. Mm. There were scales sprouting from it. Looks him. like I got a little eczema or something. Hard to see with all the <laughs> boils and tumors, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a tumor with a scale stuck in it. It looks disgusting. 
Yeah. It's pretty and gross. mechanically, would he have to race train from human to dragonborn? Uh, no, uh, mechanically, dragon ancestor does eventually change the appearance of of the, whatever race you are to dragon like and scaly. So, unless you don't want to flavor your character that way, the way the rules are for the dragon ancestor is you do eventually end up getting wings and looking like a dragon anyway. Uh, so that's in the subclass, but you're still your original race. Hmm. Okay, uh, this one, I think, Scott, for you, any plans for a Brian Ibbett cameo or any returning returning players? More ca- uh, Chance and Eddie. Um, I mean, I, can, I can't really say f- in terms of Chance and Eddie because it would be Bo working with them to see if they wanted to do anything, but um, Ibbett and I have I've- talked about it here and there. Um, he's part of a campaign right now, like a th- thing he's doing with a, his son, and then I think three or four other community members are all doing... Uh, an off stream they're not streaming it or anything but it's like an online campaign they're doing um i mean yeah if we ever wanted to do like a one-off or whatever we could totally do that um you know i warned him i said you know this is totally like there's a lot of weird role play going on not weird but you know what i mean like there's <laughs> oh, yeah. not be what they're expecting right and yeah. so he's he he seemed down with the idea though so there there may be a chance of that in the future but, sure so l- we oh, need wait. to talk scott oh yeah. go ahead sorry oh i'm sorry i'm just curious about this weird role play what would be unexpected because <laughs> i just figure everything that's happening is par for the course. well it's it all might, it I mean, might just be you and me scott i don't know it might be like when i when i have my little argument today on today's episode with john about how i think he's a perv uh not John but his character running around putting his wiener in places it shouldn't be and stuff like that. It's just Nash that, being a dick. Ex- so this place is exactly where his wiener yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine's not under a freaking couch. Right. Okay? Right, right, right. So that part of the role play, I like, yeah, me kicking a wiener under a couch is the kind of role play. But see, that's the sort of stuff that would just make a bit laugh. My question would be, would he or others, doesn't even have to be him, would they be comfortable in doing their own characterizations at that level that we do it. Cause we do this thing where sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's like real character stuff. And the next minute it's, you know, Varel says something hilarious and we're just like, Oh my gosh, freaking Varel. Like this man nowhere. Right. So it's just a certain kind of brand that's settled into its own self and, and you know, people get used to it, but I would be, you know, I'd be nervous having somebody like, like if I had Tom Merritt do this, I just, I can't even imagine it. I just can't imagine it. Not that he what wouldn't he do that. It? What if he did it? What if he came he to that yeah. fantasy league? That fantasy league? You're, fantasy sports league, yeah. Yeah, but that was just him yeah. being sportscaster going, ah, the Philadelphia buttholes are, are coming in fast or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But he was a sportscaster. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's probably just me he being. could be the two-headed guy from Phantom Menace. <laughs> I have <laughs> What a wonderful day for a pod race today. Hey, here's Ben Quadradero. I have this problem where I try to overmanage people's good time. And well, we got to talk because I'm not the best at organizing guests, it turns out, as it turns out. So I can't do it on my own. So if we want to get people in, just let's talk. All right. So we, we probably could just drop them in. Uh, uh, yeah. All but, right. Uh, I'm pretty bad at coordinating the stuff. So yeah, maybe. The answer to answer Dr. Tolbert, if that's oh, your Dr. real name. Tolbert, it's Dr. Tolbert, Jerry Tolbert. He's a real doctor, that guy. He's great. 
<laughs> like a real medical professional. <laughs> he's, he's better than he's better than fake doctor. No, he's like a real like a like a dude what goes in and like checks people's stuff and sees COVID patients and he's like a real he's the man. Oh, like, he's a hero. Yeah, he's, I just he's like awesome. that Bo happened to pick a if that's your real name to somebody where yes, it was both their real name and <laughs> I know it's his real name. I recognize Doctor Tolbert. <laughs> yeah, Tolbert's awesome. It's not Tolbert, though, just for the record. Yeah, I know. I thought it was Tolbert, like Stephen Colbert. Yeah, like Colbert. Colbert. All right, this next one is for uh, Stanley. Uh, when did Stanley realize he could yell insults at goblins and make their heads explode? Uh, that probably would be before the adventure, because... Uh, Technically, if we're going to put on my nerd glasses, uh, Vicious Mockery was known right at the beginning. So Stanley Stanley was well aware that his voice could inflict actual harm on people as well as manipulate. So uh, he, he he's well aware of what his words can do. Awesome. Uh, is Varel's alter ego Toyota coming back in the future? <laughs> the guy he pretended to be in the strip club. That, uh, <laughs> what was his last name? Toyota Brint. Oh, jeez. I have it in my notes. The guy who couldn't remember it in the game has it written down. Uh, let me see. I feel so bad because, like, here's the thing that annoys me about our alter egos. I thought that was a wonderful idea. I was a hundred percent about doing it. And then I'm the one who can remember how the stupid hallways from a hundred episodes were laid out, but I couldn't remember to not use our real names for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, uh, that was a real, that was a real sad moment. It was Toyota stump, lady despair, nuts, phenom and brill Darrow. (laughs) (laughs) Nuts phenom. I forgot about that. My name is Nuts Phenom. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bonus great moment because it was his alter ego embraced all the sexual mysteries that Bo's always throwing at me. And Varel hated every moment of it. Mm. Uh, Yeah, we haven't done that in a while, have we? Well, technically, I mean, it was right back in the, the oh, dusty feathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's the lady with the breasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they left an impression on you, did they? <laughs> <laughs> nice pause. Yeah. Hold for effect. Two. All right. I know John is very limited to speak. <laughs> this is when you're playing nothing, John. I kind of miss uh, his eloquence playing stanley uh did john feel like he chose a wrong character for the podcast format or were you setting up something special for the story as nothing as part of a planned plot i do feel like i picked the wrong character but not it had nothing to do with the ability to pair it it was just with where that story went you know i picked a i picked an action assassin character and then we played esports for a bunch of episodes like <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't the wrong character because I couldn't talk. It was the wrong character because the character was like, well, I'm not into esports, but I guess I'll hang around and look moody for a while. Mm. And really then, funny. Sorry. Uh, going beyond nothing, does Stanley ever plan on getting his artifact? And do you even care at this point? Oh, man. Uh, man, yeah, that's a, that was a long time ago. I don't know. It'd be nice. 
I've seen a lot of other people get artifacts. It'd be really cool to have one. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see if our path goes there. Stanley wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. I'm uh, very hopeful we don't go this whole campaign without reuniting Stanley with his elf side. So hmm. I expect that to happen at some point, but it may not. But definitely been planning that for a really, really long time. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just sitting in a dusty tome on the shelf looking down. Spider we'll made homes in it. We'll see. All right, Scott. Is Nash Maggard uh, the look and personality based or inspired by Spawn, Deadpool, Darkman, Doctor Doom, or any other deformed comic book character? No. Although it's funny they asked that. I uh, years ago I'd never show this now because it looks like garbage. I'd have to redo it. But I I had a comic book character I was creating called the Feeler. It's kind of it sounds creepy, but this comic book here, Scott. Yeah, he was called the Feeler, but his whole thing was it was like he had this emotional connection to crime. So if something happened within a mile of him, he would he would feel the pain of the victim. He would feel the fear of the victim, and yeah. he would then the only way to stop this pain and fear, which he would feel just as acutely as the victim was to find where it was happening and he had the ability to sort of zero in where it was happening. Let's say in some back alley, someone's getting robbed and beat up or whatever. He would go and find them and, and kick the crap out of the, the evildoers because this was the only way to stop the pain because he was the feeler, always feeling everyone else's emotions. And he was always trying to hide from those a little bit like, you know, Superman has super hearing just after a while would drive you crazy hearing all the awful crap you'd have to hear. Um, it's that kind of concept. Anyway, uh, he was just a mess and personality wise, a lot like Nash. Um, physically though, not really based on anybody. The, the physicality of, of Nash and all of his sores and his, you know, his, his tumors and everything that's really just based on the setting. That's us going, okay, we're going for this like burned out, destroyed earth thing. Uh, very Mad Max future, awful uh, dystopia stuff. Um, so let's think about where he's coming from and what what that world would do to him. And in his case, his time in the solar mines just left him a you know a mess. And so that's where that that stuff all comes from. That, but his attitude is way based on this feeler character I made years ago, whose name I could probably I'd have to change if I made him today. He's not. Yeah, he, it's a cool concept, but yeah, the name probably. The name's terrible. It sounds like he's feeling. It would people. get attention. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, That's why it would terrible. be a bad, like, imagine the world where it's just like, ah, oh, we're going to call him the feeler. And it's like, don't call him that. <laughs> call him something else. Not a lot of people lining up for the feeler blockbuster hit of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, like Nash. You Nash, won't feel him coming. <laughs> Nash is a combo of his circumstances physically and his personality which i think i borrowed from him oh my god <laughs> nice all right kyle when varel was wanting a cape to advertise the soggy feather did the thought occur to you as a player as it probably wouldn't occur to the character of varel to use his prismatic scales ability to make a sign i know he can make stripes and spots and everything due to copying other lizard folk so it wouldn't be outside the realms of possibility plus making yourself into a walking neon sign seems hilarious Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it would look like those colorblind tests where, you know, it's all a bunch of hexagons. But I, I don't know, Bo, could I could I do that? 
I hadn't considered the possibility, but I think I think you could change your scales on a per scale basis. Hmm, I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, because you could definitely do the stripes and do patterns to conceal yourself. But I think it's I think it would be you have your prismatic scales, you know how to use them by instinct, and you'd have to find a master to teach you mastery of this unique ability. Yeah, because it's a mutation, so that or further mutate. But I feel like with the right mental discipline and training, you could control the scales on a per-scale basis, allowing you to make even animations and movies uh, from the pixels of your scales. But you can't do it intuitively. You need a trainer. Ooh. Well, there you go. Like Pokemon. There you go. You got to have a trainer. All right. Well, I think we're, I think we're at our uh, yeah we're at our time here. Uh, I know we we always end up with a few more and we always carry them over. And uh, that is not to say that we don't want new fresh questions from you guys at home. So please keep them coming. If you've got a question about Stanley's uh, infidelity, let us know. <laughs> He's not married to anyone. Yeah, I'm going to support sort of... Stanley in this. All right. If you have a question about Stanley's lascivious uh, uh, behavior uh, in I his think personal Hope life. has yeah. left with just as many dudes <laughs> as Stanley has women. No, wait, hang on. That's the last question of the episode. <laughs> what? what? Versus who? <laughs> who's had the most people, Stanley or Hope? Oh, yeah. Well, that would the campaign, involve or are we counting backstory. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, are we, we counting, counting since the campaign started? Yeah, if you're just the campaign, Stanley, Stanley would beat Stanley in both. There was only one person prior to the start of the campaign for Stanley. Yeah. Then, um, and like five there, more since it was alluded to with <laughs> Talia. You never closed a deal with her, did you? No, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. There got... was a implication of a relationship, though not clear exactly how far along that had gone. Um, with uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't know what happened during the three months. Did, was, Wait a minute. Did what about happen? what about that or that uh, that orc guard that gave you a handy behind the the Seven Eleven? <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> you what? <laughs> I made that up. I made it up. There was an orc guard? I made it up. That's all fake. If you're talking about Lady lady Salt Tongue. I believe it. <laughs> anyway, if we go with the maximum including backstory, Stanley's at four. That's still a lot. Okay. Uh, how many does Weirbox count? <laughs> uh, the, the Weir Hotel we stayed at where, you know, I think oh, it was right. one from I that. wasn't there for that. I missed that, so I don't even know. No, well, you, had, you were playing cards with the old man all night. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, hope up with everyone, somebody there. Everyone right? got like oh, a yeah. suit and like pampered, but I think maybe only Hope closed the deal with that one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Hope said. There was a guy she obliterated recently. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Celibus. So you're at four. She's at mm-hmm. what then? What's the count? There's Celibus. Oh, man. You really. I wasn't expecting you to kill Celibus, honestly. Really? Oh no! Uh, I thought you were. I thought it was going to be like there's going to be a little bit of something there, and he's going to be. You, nope, you just popped him right from the jump. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. There was Tedna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Tedna happened. 
Right. So okay, that was, that, that, was, was a, that was great. While it was a secret, by the way, it was so much so much fun with the party not knowing the dynamic. I, know, I for think so I found out from like the recap. I I think there was something where I remember hearing the recap and going, "What?" Mm. I can't remember if that came out when Tedna said something or Hope said something or what. But anyways, uh, so weird. there's Tedna, there's Celavis. Uh, and there's <laughs> the weir courtesan, mm-hmm. and um, that might be it. That so it? that's What's tied for on show. If there's more than one in her backstory, she's got me beat. We're same for on show. Yeah, yeah, definitely beaten the backstory. <laughs> she's like five hundred, <laughs> <laughs> a million. Anyone who says this isn't what D&D is about is wrong. Family is not that much. (laughs) Making a mountain out of a mole. Well, Nash, you had a a pecker at one point, right? Well, no, I had the tree thing. Oh, you mean before? Before before, in your backstory? Before time? So at some point you had it. Oh, it never worked, though. It was always just a a flimsy little piece of cable. (laughs) Like... I was I mean, so you destroyed. The solar mines. You didn't experience weird sensations growing up there. No, no. We were too. It. We were too irradiated. Everything was broken and not working. Yeah, it makes sense. It's the reason yeah, it you fell didn't read off. all of Twilight. Yeah, I did. I did. I read all of Twilight, but it really and did you nothing never for felt me. Felt a thing? No, no, it wouldn't even move. Oh. But that's the reason yeah, it so fell what off. Angela actually did for you was you, she took your virginity. Yeah, though, right? yeah, she. Did. Oh, yeah, totally. I went into that as a virgin. I, should, should, I thought oh I made God. that clear. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I'm so and nice. I am I am incredibly even though there's not much I could do if I wanted to, but there, I'm incredibly faithful to her uh, to the point that he thinks he now has some weird ground to stand on and, and tease Stanley, which is why he's doing it. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, there's uh, an immaturity there. Yeah, he's immature so. about it, and he's just being kind of a butt and rubbing his butt okay, on other people's faces. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it a, makes sense for Nash to think everyone's a philanderer because <laughs> he's got his first love. and One woman can You had sex more than one woman? Yeah. Yeah. You're disgusting. So yeah, for a guy that looks and smells and 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 appears in every way to be disgusting and the worst human being you could ever spend time with, you know he's got he's got some purity stuff going on. He's a little purity guy. He's got a little bit of. Is the, is the bonus short still going? Yeah, it's still going. I should end. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is great. This is why this you is should subscribe stuff. because you get stuff. this much earlier and it's great. That's right. So uh, enjoy this. Thank you everybody for supporting us over there. If you're hearing this way later and you're like, oh man, I would have loved to have heard this the day it went out. Well, good news. You can you can do that. You just got to go sign up and be a part of the Dungeon Plus program at therewillbedungeons.com. Everybody else, thank you so much for your support. That'll do it for us. We'll see you next month. 